0: Hi everybody and welcome to the Cultural Studies Podcast. It's Toby Miller here. You can follow my adventures and otherwise at tobymiller.org. And I'm here with my new friend and somebody whose work I have admired without always knowing I was admiring it for actually some time. Judy Presser. Hello, Judy.
1: Hello. Hello. Very well. Thank you, Toby. It's nice to be with you. It's
0: really nice to be here together. We're in M. Which is on Main Street in Santa Monica and is sort of a hipster dive feel, but it's not just that, is it? It's also where suburban bicyclists will meet up at the end of their hour or hour and a half ride oh. together in order to have their brunch.
1: Yes. So,
0: <laughs> and we're here primarily to talk about the an amazing book of poems, which I've just received a copy of, thank you very much. You're very welcome. Some come. of which I'd read and heard you read, to read oh, online. Oh, oh, how nice. So I oh, have some That's what we're going to focus on mostly, but I wonder if I could just start you by asking you what you're up to right now as a
1: right? right now, yes. Um, very bu- waiting to order. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, busy with my wonderful five-year-old daughter. I work in her classroom. Um, she's in a little school and I work from nine to one every day with a, eight little kids eight little kids and it's just pretty fun Waldorf type of education what is Waldorf Waldorf is not a lot of books right away storytelling dancing art playing wooden toys it's, it, that, wonderful uh, really really fun, fun. I, I like to be the child in the circle with them so
0: and What's it like when you move from being the
1: mom to being the worker with yeah. her as one of the children? Oh, kind of it's been—it's very difficult. It's very difficult in a way because Eliza, dummy on this adorable boy—he's six and a half. He's kind of big for kindergarten, and he's like, hey, "Hey, Miss Judy, can you read me this book?" And he'll want to sit on my lap in the rocking chair. This large boy, and it's she's the sweetest thing. And she's, she's oh, jealous. Oh, yeah. Run right across and sit with me and Damian. So we're working on it, but she, yeah, it's a tr- it's a tricky thing. I'm working very hard to help her to. So someone. that's that's like four hours a day in addition to conventional yeah. parenting. Right? Yeah, of and yeah,
0: her.
1: and it's yeah, and it's really fun. And then I, you know, I do my auditions when they come up. Um,
0: this is how I knew Judy without knowing her, or knew her work without
1: knowing her. Yeah. <laughs>
0: she's, she's actually a famous <laughs> actress.
1: If you spend all your time watching Nickelodeon. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, I turned forty. I turned away a
1: little from Nickelodeon. Too <laughs> Me too. Uh, yes, so, <laughs> I'm not on it anymore. But boy, yes. What was
0: your big Nickelodeon?
1: Thing? Oh gosh, I guess you know I was on the pilot episode of Roseanne. Oh, no. So, you know, all those shows and I had so much fun in those funny sitcoms long ago. Murphy Brown, you know, Perfect Strangers, Crazy Shows. Crazy, crazy we'll Shows. We'll that a bit later. Yes. <laughs> but what I'd like to do now is talk
0: about something that it strikes me as probably both serious and joyous, both sad and with some problems, Yeah. which is this, this book of poetry that you've written. I wonder if you, could, if you could tell us a little bit about
1: it. Sure. I've written a book uh, called Searching for CC: Reflections on Alzheimer's, and it's a book of poems and art, and it's about my mom, CC, who has Alzheimer's.
0: And has had it for a decade, isn't it? Yes,
1: yes, a decade, and probably a little bit, um, maybe 12 years before we actually had it all figured out properly.
0: And... Um, the poems and the illustrations done over a t- uh, twelve-year period.
1: When did they start? The poetry I started writing um, must be nine years ago now, and I wrote them to follow the progression of both her disease and my emotional uh, difficulty with it. Yes. So. That was how I began writing the poetry. The art is all done by members of my family. I'm from a freakish family with these (laughs) immensely talented painters and artists, which I had no idea how lucky I was, but... um, some of the po- art I, uh, was done by my Aunt Sue, who's this wonderful artist. She's in her 70s, and she wrote them with my poetry in mind. The others I just called um, my Aunt Petey, who's also in her 70s, my brother Tommy, and my cousin Anne, who's Aunt Petey's daughter, and said, What do you have? Would you consider uh, honoring Mom in this way? Would you send me your artwork? And they said, Yeah. And then I carefully... <laughs> matched it with my words and tried to find what would make it most powerful would he? if my poem was a little on the heavy handed side or dark, I would go with a light piece of art or vice versa. You know So trying.
0: there's a juxtaposition there of the positive and the negative yeah. or whatever. Yeah.
1: Which is what I'm trying to do I think in this book is find the beauty in the in the difficulty. You know, find the, the, the light. And it's been wonderfully helpful to me.
0: So I guess the way you're putting it is that you're coupling her transformations with your own.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Two absolutely separate journeys, which I think was the hardest thing for me to understand. To let go. Let her go on her journey. It's not mine. It's not about me. It's hers. A lot that I've learned.
0: And how old was she when these changes started happening?
1: Sixty-five. So really young. Really young maybe 63 so yeah she's an extremely funny woman Irish black hair blue eyes very tall 510 um, witty and uh, so smart so such a change all of a sudden to have her uh, repeating herself and calling me six times a day in Los Angeles because she's in Maine and I'm in Los Angeles um, yeah
0: About 50% of listeners are outside the US. Oh, wonderful. In in fact, 50 countries. Oh, wonderful. There are only about a 100 of them. There are a couple of thousand of them. But for those who may not know, Maine uh, is a northeastern state of the US, so a very long way, uh, and three hours' time difference in telephone calls and so on.
1: So
0: regular meetings with her must be rather difficult.
1: They are. I'm going February 3rd. I'm going in a, in a week. And I'm very excited. Um, before I had my daughter, before Eliza, um, I e, would... be B.E. Yes. <laughs> yes. B.E. I would go once a month sometimes, once every two months, Every all the money that I had, I just wanted to be with her and I would live with her in the facility. Um, I lived with her in, in um, the assisted living place and then when she was moved into the Dementia ward, I managed to convince them to let me stay and I would help her and you know do the diapers whatever I needed to do and um, eat with the people and...
0: Hi. Hi.
1: We were helped
0: with the busy water oh, okay, but not in terms of food oh, no,
1: what so... Can, what can I get for you? Um, may I have the oatmeal please? Of oh, course. No <laughs> Toby thinks that looks horrible. No, no, no. It
0: sounds absolutely wonderful. I'm Something very gentle and slight and slender without meat. Fruit, maybe? Some fruit. Do you fruit? Yeah. Do yeah. you have either a small side or like a bigger one? A small side. Is it possible to without strawberries? Sure.
1: Oh, dear. That don't, don't want any rashes. Chino? No, I think
0: that's all right. What about uh, coffee or tea or something? Uh, chamomile? Camomile. Sure, thank you. And I'd like a black tea. Yes. Thank you. Like a breakfast tea? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. So, you so would, we <laughs> you would go to the assisted living facility and then the dementia? Yes. yes. Have sleepovers? Yes. Yeah. When did she move into an assisted living facility?
1: Boy, that was really hard, Toby. That was um She was living in her home uh, by herself, a condominium, and um, I had gotten married in 1999, and she got sort of lost on the way to the wedding, um, yeah, in the airport, and um, a friend of my husband's found her at the counter saying, I just don't know what's going on, where am I, you know, I can just imagine my mother and he said I'm going to that wedding as well can I help you can you come with me I'll show you and he took her to the wedding and at the wedding she was kind of reclusive and hiding in her hotel room and not wanting to come out much and I was suspicious so after that I started going back more and more and watching and she had sort of collected all of papers in her life around the sides of her room um, not able to manage paper, not able to understand the affairs, um, and keeping, you know, 20 paper towel rolls and toilet paper, you know, just crazy sort of hoarding thing going on and ordering things from the television. So, little by little, I, I just tried to convince my brothers. I said, you know, we have a problem. Yeah. This is, Yeah something more than just mom's old, which I never thought she was. She was only you know, in her early 70s so um, I moved her myself into assisted living Um, hardest thing I've ever done but I did it and uh, Did she resist this? I learned from this amazing lady Uh, Joanne Koenig-Costa wrote a book called Learning to Speak Alzheimer's. Brilliant. Learning to Speak Alzheimer's. Yes. Brilliant book by this amazing woman. I was so lucky that that was handed to me when she went into the dementia ward. This book uh, taught me the habilitation method, which is, in the old days, oh, um, your, your mother would say, where's my mom, you know, or, or your loved one would say, I want my mother, and they would say, your mother's dead, you know that, and they'd have to, you know, sedate them, hold them down, tie them down. And this new method was, oh, okay, let's talk about your mom. Let's have a talk about your mom. You know, how wonderful. So Um, you're not
0: denying their reality.
1: You're saying yes and.
0: Entering into it. Yeah, Yeah.
1: and yes.
0: Because you can't, rationality isn't feasible. That's exactly
1: right, exactly right. And so uh, in the way.
0: It's an alternative rationality, I should
1: say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. and it's um, this sort of yes and that I learned in, you know, improv comedy. Um, Where it's always yes, whatever someone throws at you you have to say yes and and you you can't deny a choice. Aren't these amazing just for
0: uh, non-native speakers. Uh, yes. What are talking about is improvisational or improvisational.
1: Yes, comedy. comedy.
0: Where you learn to be funny as a or to act in part by being unscripted.
1: Exactly. So that's what you're talking about. Exactly. And sort of uh, whatever someone says to you or has created in their mind. You must accept and add to it with with joy, <laughs> and it's really quite a fun. I do, that with myself. do you? <laughs> it's, it's a great deal of fun. So um, anyway, that's how I uh, dealt with mom. So when, my, well, as you asked me, Toby, to move her,
0: yeah.
1: it was a lot of fiblets. They call in this book little t- fiblets, sort well, of little lies, yes, yeah, semi-truths. You know, it's. Like <laughs> And a, mom wears a vegetarian, it. I don't order them, but I understand. <laughs> you don't put them in your gravy. About? No, it's not not acceptable. <laughs> exactly, so um, she was very, uh, it was, Mom, you know, we're going to go and live in this new place, and you're going to feel safe there, and it's, it's nice, so you don't have to watch the doors, the wind. you know. She was very fearful. So little by little we would do it and this wonderful woman a friend of my mom sandy would show up with her big truck and say i brought i brought ice cream cc and cc would say oh how wonderful meanwhile we were just putting bags of things in the back of her truck trying to unload this house and it was and the hoarding the hoarding and getting rid of oh it was just so insane um but we did it and we got her into the new place and she felt safer and looked after, and she wasn't burning the sleeves of her uh, bathrobe anymore, and you know, everything being burned up in the oven, and it was crazy. So real physical risk. Oh yeah, real, ju- factor, yeah,
0: yeah. And can I just go back to the title? Oh gosh, thank you, I like blackberries.
1: That's lucky. I thought they might have been some That's other
0: true. fruit, but <laughs> I actually really love it. Like, they made an old man of
1: I'm glad. You're so not old. That is such a fallacy. So, getting back to the book itself, i are yep.
0: struck by the title Searching for Cece. Yeah.
1: Searching for Cece, exactly. It's um, my attempt at finding out who my mom is who she was. A lot of the poems have to deal with my imag- imagination and who I think she was, and uh, her younger years, what drove her. And, um, yeah.
0: So you're, you're making up a world uh, yeah. for her about her? Yes. In, some
1: level. in a way, yes. And in, in, in a way, trying to bear witness, trying to say, you know, what a wonderful woman. Here's your. Let me give you a voice. I want you to have a voice. I always wanted her to have more of a voice. Um, she was extraordinary. So this is my way. She used to say to me, "Judy, how come? How come you never write about me?" <laughs> you know, she would edit my poetry. She's wonderful at that. And uh, I said, "You know, be careful what you wish for, mom." And here it is. And, you were
0: writing poetry long before yeah. her condition emerged. Yeah. This is something you've been doing for a long time. Yeah. As part of your wider artwork.
1: Exactly. I was a... Um, I think I began when I was a child. My best friend died uh, very suddenly of heart failure. And I I didn't know what to do. I was told to smile. And, uh, you know, the McCormicks, the family, my dear friend Kyle, they were very upset and I was told to not grieve or not show them I was upset because it would further upset them. 12 uh, and
0: Kyle the same yeah
1: and we were sort of like sisters we were just so attached and she had never been in school like I was but I didn't it wasn't part of my radar to understand that that wasn't normal she had tutors she was ill um, but not that I could see. She was just frail, and I knew that she was a little bit sick. But, yeah, then one day, uh, yeah, she, she passed away, and um, I guess they had told my father. Mr. McCormick had said, Don, we better tell Judy. We better tell her she's gonna die. And I said, no, no, it'll be, you know, it's best not to But what's amazing is the day before she died I had my brother show up, the three of us um, With these pillows I had made, K-Y-L-E um, And we were jumping out <laughs> behind the sofa at her She was lying on the sofa with this very glazed look in her eye And we were, you know, putting this show on for her And I gave her a card that said, I love, I love you And which you don't write when you're that little And, um, yeah, pretty amazing And she died that night she just went down to get a glass of water in the kitchen and collapsed, and that was when I started writing.
0: Wow. So, sorry to use the T word, but <laughs> there was always a therapeutic component to poetry for you, yeah. or at least it began.
1: Yeah. As a way to process, or to it, oh, did you burn yourself? No. As I a was way through
0: the <laughs> cup of tea at the microphone and you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, I guess it was a way of me to, for me to uh, have the conversation with myself. What exactly is going on here? Or what what is it that I need to understand? How can I help myself understand? A
0: little like the way some people use diaries.
1: Yeah, I guess so. Absolutely.
0: So you would describe yourself as a very personal poet, I think. Yeah, yeah. Since, uh, they're unlocking parts of your consciousness Absolutely. to the world, to your readers. Exa-
1: exactly. And Toby, the other. Before I, uh, before I did this, it was mostly activism, mostly oppression that I wrote about. That's mostly what interests me, sort of, um, yeah. tell us a bit more about that
0: activism?
1: Yeah, um, I started to write very strongly after 9-11. I had a real problem with the way people of color, anyone with brown skin was treated in this country. Um, I became very political Um, when I lived downtown and I saw the way people live um, outside the old midnight mission in cardboard boxes and the veterans and everything uh, affects me that I see and I need to understand. The Saudi women, you know, wrapped in all of these veils and why, you know, and just anything that affects me. The people shot at the gates, um, you know, wrote a poem called Minfablik, which means, uh, I think it was Excuse Me, or it was about a wonderful man. I'd read this article about this phenomenal man who got all dressed up in a suit. He bought a real suit. He was um, a Persian man, and he put on a suit in order to cross a barrier and leave his country to thinking he would be um, given freedom, and he was shot. And I just sort of wrote the poem about the article that I had read about this man just having such a belief in this American dream and being shot by Americans. It was, yeah, just whatever affects me, whatever I read.
0: And were you publishing these poems at this time, or were they more for yourself, or your friends and family?
1: I don't think I ever would have published my poetry if it hadn't been for this. It's You know, I would send them to my friends and family. I, I read them around Los Angeles. I did... Um, uh, You know, readings, featured readings at different affairs, political affairs, things like that. But I don't know if I ever would have collected them.
0: So that's interesting. In a certain sense, along with what happened to Kyle, this must be the most personal aspect of your poetry. And it's the one you've chosen to publish.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's true. You know, it's so out there for me, I guess. I lived for so long, I used my acting to have a voice. My acting, I love to play a character. I love to figure out someone else's situation and put myself in that. Um, I thought that when I was a child, I didn't talk much, and I thought if someone handed me a... Well, it was probably first grade when a teacher said, I need you to, we're in a play, you're in a play, you're going to walk across the stage with that boy, John Munisteri, hold hands with him, and you're going to change toys and say, let's swap, that's your line, let's swap, and then exit, and um, that's your line. I was like, fantastic. (laughs) Somebody's telling me what to say, how wonderful, that must be worthwhile. So, uh, you know, I found my voice. I found a way to express myself, and I just thought it was the most fun. And uh, But I continued to write this quiet way, and it's time for me now, I think, to have a real voice that's not hidden in my poetry or um, in my work, which I will always have it in my acting work, but I, I just think I wanted to challenge myself finally. By making it so public? Yeah. Which is terrifying, in a way. You know, I like to run um, under my bed, but <laughs> it's out there, and I'm proud of it.
0: How long has the book been out?
1: It's been out since the uh, end of November. End of
0: November? Yeah. And were any of the pieces published before?
1: These pieces? No. So they all
0: new, and that's a totality. Yeah. How did you reorder the poems? How did you decide?
1: Uh, um, yeah, I start with the poetry and the... Um, first diagnosis you know the earliest days if you'd like I'll read you something would you like yeah Um, yes you're welcome welcome. yes Um, in a way perhaps I could read you a couple that would show maybe a a progression okay okay Um, this first poem is called proof and I'll read it to you Toby here we are She disappears before me, silently slipping into a realm in which I don't figure, quietly busying herself with new vistas devoid of reason. If she cannot know me, do I exist? My history is erased systematically as each neuron misfires and no longer seeks its intended connection. As the night rain displaces the dust of daily life, so am I displaced, destined to build my own boat and sail to higher ground. Could you tell us about the illustration next to that? Yes, this beautiful... That's very beautiful, by the Oh, thank you. Thank you. This is a beautiful piece of art by done by my cousin Anne Gressinger. Who is, um, it's acrylic on paper, and it's of a boat. Um, and there are little four little sort of house shapes above it, floating above this boat. And um, to me, it represents sort of the boat and uh, home. A, a yearning to find a new home.
0: And the, of course, the idea of your boat rising. Yes. So that you can accept the erasure of your history from your mother's mind. Yeah. And your- yeah.
1: Which is yeah has been my real uh, my uh, big effort for me. And yes, I want to step step quietly into her world and just say, here I am. But forget about everything else; it's gone. But let's have something today. Yeah. Could you read us another one? Sure. Um, then, let, let's see, moving on a bit. Let um, me read you one I haven't read in a while here. Um, this one is called Bon Voyage. Sometimes it's better to loosen the spring line and let her float away. If the storm is that great, why keep her tethered, battering herself to pieces at the dock? Let her go. Watch her float peacefully away under a grey and turbulent sky. A last grand sail into whatever lies beyond. A graceful exit from all things measured and charted. Beautiful catch. I release you. It's
0: interesting there's a water metaphor
1: there. Yeah.
0: Boats about... Yeah, Yeah,
1: exactly, exactly, and I was raised in uh, Maine in the summers, my grandmother lived in Maine, and I spent a lot of time sitting on rocks and looking out at the water, (laughs) and felt the most at, at peace with things, looking at the water, and, um, (laughs) the universal solvent, right? Everything is washed away.
0: in a sense, the most powerful occupant of the earth. And the illustration for this
1: one? This one is another one by Anne Gressinger, um, my first cousin. And it's it's a picture, it struck me, it's um, a boat with a woman, it looks like, sort of lying down behind bars. She seems trapped in this boat. Um, it's definitely in the water and she's on a journey. Um, this is an example of how I chose sort of a more powerful heavy piece to go with what was...
0: A more positive yeah. set of words. Because yeah. she's trapped in these things.
1: Yeah. She's very trapped. Yeah. And she's on a, on her journey.
0: But it's a forced journey.
1: Yeah. Exactly. That's, I guess, the key. It's a forced journey. It's not one that she would have signed up for, perhaps. And
0: would you read one more?
1: Yes. Could I read you, um, I'm going to read you one that I like to read, uh, it's, it's called In Confidence. I wear a cape as I walk down the street, a lovely large cape that goes down to my feet. I fasten it carefully beneath my chin. The wind is so furious and I am so thin. Well. That is the story I'm willing to tell. The truth is quite different, I'm not Little Nell. There's, <laughs> there's a hole here, you see, the size of a pie plate. Beneath my left shoulder, yes, it seems this is my fate. The wind whistles through me in the key of plain sea. I've tried humming and singing and slapping my knee. Nothing will stop this loud hullabaloo. I think if you heard it, you'd wear a cape too. The hole can't be filled in, no matter the angle. Mud is too heavy, and yarn just a tangle. Been empty a while now, I can't say just when. I've kicked out two sparrows, a mouse, and a wren. The hole is my lot, and I'm sure you'll agree, the cape uh, offers solace for kazoo playing me. I'm open to any new options you hear of. The quickest of fixes are ones I steer clear of. The truth is a part of me is out on vacation. To see her again would be cause for elation. I dream that she knows me and utters my name. To achieve this small feat would end this whole game. The hole would fill in. It would be a fine day. I'd hang up my cape, try to dress a new way. But for now, I'll keep whistling and searching the sky for a sign that all's well, that there's no need to cry. I'll walk, run, and stumble until I learn why the tune that I'm playing can't fathom goodbye. Goodbye.
0: Tape is a very interesting metaphor to choose, or clothing
1: item. Can you say a bit about that. Yeah, I think um, it's very theatrical, isn't it? It's, uh, or superheroine. <laughs> yeah. superheroine. Yeah. Oh, isn't that a nice way to look at it? Thank you, Toby. Yes, it's my um, attempt at hiding my grief and my, you know, a, a safe place to be where, yeah, I'd like people not to... Uh, see me, or see my grief? I suppose. And yet, yes, it's a superhero, and it's—I love the image of this scrawny little thing with a huge cape walking around. Uh, it's just—it's foolish, yes, and it, yes, and, and I'm not a victim. Yes, I'm not little now. I am choosing my 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 journey, and it's it's an unusual and unique, odd one.
0: Over the years, have you read any of the poems
1: to your mom? Sissy? I only gave her the book. Um, just this past um, end of end of uh, sept- early September, actually. You gave her the book. I gave her the book, and all the artists um, and my family and the amazing caregivers that care for my mother were all there, and we were outside in the little garden of her facility. Thank you. Very nice. Do so, you uh, want to give extra liquid? Do suppose they have rice milk? I doubt it. Oh, do you have like rice milk? Okay. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you for asking. but. That. That'll work. Yeah, thank you. Sure, a little side. Just a little side and a little creamer? Yeah, perfect. Thank you. you like some of the black Oh, aren't you kind? Thank you, Toby. I would love. Perfect. That looks very pretty now, doesn't it? Yeah, so I, we gave Mom the book. Um, I bought her a dress, because, you know, they all share clothes in those facilities, and you just never know what she's going to be wearing. And she got a new beautiful dress and a hat that she loves to wear, hats. And she was in her wheelchair, and we wheeled her out, and I said, Mom, we've written this I've, we've my, The artist and I are here to give you this book. And my... My cousins were there and I read a poem by E.E. E. Cummings and my cousin Mary, her goddaughter played the flute and um, Chopin and another young friend read, uh, sang to her and my daughter Eliza put the book in her lap, a four-year-old at that time and mom was sitting up. She, it's not easy for her. She's bent over now with so many seizures. She has a lot of seizures. Um, but she knew it was about her and she kept squirreling the books underneath her legs and behind her in the chair. And she seemed extremely happy. She was smiling. Um, she was reaching for people. Um, she doesn't speak, but it was amazing. And, and I think she was very happy. Very happy. And, uh, what made you
0: choose the coming to the world rather than of your train? Mom? <laughs> um, well, th- th- don't feel bad
1: yeah. about Okay. Mom? Ma-
0: oh, thank I'm you. Thank you. I to ask longer questions <laughs> so you can scarf some down. Okay.
1: <laughs> well, I, well, I have to tell you, E. Cummings was my mother's favorite poet. And uh, I read, I carry my heart. <laughs> I carry my heart. Or I carry, yes, my heart with me. Is that it? Yeah. Toby, you might know. I carry you in my heart. There okay. we are
0: was a huge Ian Cummings fan as a late teen Mm. and I still admire them. I used to remember lots of them, which is not the case with most poetry, but I haven't read them for a very, very long time. Yes,
1: and he was from that part of the country is from Maine. So yes. So there we were and yeah I When we were
0: teenagers we liked the stuff he did about (laughs) sex. as oh. close to sex as we go.
1: oh yeah E.G. Cummings oh my it. wasn't that
0: With brilliant I've often thought too it's very connected for me to the dialogue between uh Barbara Stamberg and Fred Murray oh. and Duffin Demnity oh we had Billy Gilder and Raymond Chandler. And oh
1: brilliant they're
0: meeting on the stairs oh
1: brilliant <laughs> so I'm gonna go rent it that again yep. uh, Yeah. oh yeah I think
0: the word crackling yeah. was invented. Yeah, for this scene. Anyway, a of dialogue for that. Anyway, yeah. yes, I, that was my big E. e. Cummings thing. I have to confess. Yeah. I, I imagine this one wouldn't have been so much about the
1: Well, you never know with my mom. I have no idea. <laughs> no, this particular poem, no, was right. not. But perhaps her love of E. e. Cummings, yes. Um, yeah, so it was really exciting. and. Uh, I had T-shirts made for the staff, so they all had "Searching for Cece" T-shirts, and um, it was really—it was really fun. They have now; they say they have a "Searching for Cece" day once a week where they all wear their shirts, <laughs> which is really nice. You know, just, uh, they just—they text me pictures of her, how she's doing. Um, they're usually disturbing in some way, but they, you know. That's how, the stage she's in and I'm happy to see her.
0: She's hanging
1: in, she's hanging in there, so,
0: yeah, it's... And are other family members somewhat closer physically?
1: Yes, my brother Tom is very close in Yarmouth. My mom's in Freeport, Maine, home of LL Bean, where my brother works. So, yeah, um, he's very close by, and he's he's the one who gets called when something's wrong or, you know.
0: And in terms of your daughter, Eliza, right? Mm -hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who is Grandma to her? Yeah, Cece. Yeah, she calls her Cece. She's grown up in these facilities. She's hilarious. My daughter is straight out. Uh, I was very quiet child. She's just out there, uh, hilarious and living well, large. Being
0: plagued by books in this school of yours. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly,
1: exactly. Yes, exactly, exactly. She's just. Um, she grew up with these folks. At, at, at one point, when mom was in, in her current facility, there's a fellow Roger who walks around, and he, he wears red suspenders every day, and he he sort of drools a bit you know it's that what uh, to me yeah see yes that's what i noticed when i first made but yeah no, now that, that yes roger is young like mom and used to scare eliza and i would see her sitting in a corner with her hands in front of her face like this and i would say eliza what are you doing she would say it's roger and she would just sort of take herself out you know in a, in a good way now she's great with all of them they fight over whose doll is that, is that yours or is that mine, you know, Eliza and the folks and the cats, they carry cats and dolls, and she just gets up in her grandmother's lap, sits on her, and that's what they do. Mom holds her, and uh, she mom holds her, and she'll say, ah, you know, looking at her, and say, once she'll say, Judy, you know, like it's me doing something terribly naughty, so um, she definitely knows that's her granddaughter. He definitely knows you know what's going on that's why i always encourage people some people would like to say um i'd like to remember them how they were i'd like to just move on and let them yeah. be um but you know what they know what's going on they just don't have a language you don't have the facility. I
0: want you to eat
1: oh, it. I'm, I'm eating. Sorry, Toby. No,
0: no, no, no. I, I don't mean that as a criticism. I just am very conscious that there's it's a critical warm. moment in all these discussions when the other person is thinking, I want to promote my book. This bastard's buying me this lunch or brunch. Or so whatever. kind oh, of you. It's yeah. so kind of him. but He's done it in such a way that I can't eat it. It's a cold. No, I, I'd love to... I'll have to give it to my dog. ...chat about Is <laughs> denial. Yeah. Because what I sense from our discussion is that when you go back to Kyle, yeah. a little while ago when you were both 12, is that what you were being instructed to do was deny your feelings in order to save others, assist them in coping with right loss. Uh, and that moved you to write Poetry And uh, I sense that in terms of your activism, there is also an element there of denial, which is the denial of rights and justice to people as a side bar and byproduct of what happened in 2009. Or you're awakening to some of its impact. Yeah. And now I see this also as an attempt to acknowledge what is the life that Cece needs and not freeze her in time in another world as if life ended when she was 63. Yeah. That's brilliant. Yeah. So that's what I'm, what I'm understanding from your account.
1: That's exactly the truth of it, Toby. I my voice was stifled. I was taught to be an excellent caregiver. I've been with three people when they've passed away. I love to care for people. I love deeply. I love, uh, I've love. i lost quite a few friends. And that's the gift, right, that I got from this way of being raised, but the, the downside is exactly what you've said, you know, this sort of repression um, and I see it everywhere in others, and I want to give people a voice if I can, give myself a voice.
0: I should say, those people who like to see Judy actually reading her poetry, you can do what I do, which is to visit her website, which is judyprescott.com. It's a ripper of a website, it's really, really good. It has what I thought was, I never thought any Fox News, local or otherwise, could be any good. Fox News, blah, 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 (laughs) name.
1: It has the That was my feeling going in the building after just having picketed outside. It has the
0: the blonde girl in the short dress, the obligatory blonde fox girl, who seemed not so interesting.
1: It has this slightly
0: queer guy, also young rather than you know the 40 years older husband, who actually seemed quite interesting.
1: You were, he was so wonderful. Was he, his yeah. name was John, and his uh, grandmother has Alzheimer's.
0: Maybe he mentioned that at some point. Maybe I it was think he camera, did. I'm not sure, but yeah, right. Exception.
1: John Chrysos. He seemed
0: really animated and really dumb. all she was thinking about was the time.
1: What's the next <laughs> she step? was looking at her non yes, her... Yeah, it was,
0: She was. She was the classic Fox blonde-haired woman. I used to be a blonde. I was different. I mean, I feel her pain and everything, but she didn't pick the stereotype. (laughs) Although, her dress was not an evening, like a nightgown, sexy (laughs) nightgown, which is what they wear in LA. The local boots. So I see when I'm at the gym.
1: With a halter top. Is that what I think you're right, yes, with a long.
0: She was actually wearing outer garments, which would not have qualified there on the West Coast. Maine, yes. Maine. much more respectable, but it is very good, you're very telegenic, you know the camera, you're a good interviewer, so you come across really well, and you also read at least one poem. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
0: So, it's very good I oh, thought it was really you. well done. Thank you very much. But as much. I say, you're <laughs> the only person I know who has Fox News on their website.
1: I know, I'm <laughs> sure I am. <laughs> one the, uh, I was, uh, yes. I was wondering what I would be in for, and this. said, they treat it very really seriously." And
0: there's a nice moment when you say that you know your whole family's from Maine, but really, you know, you grew up in New Jersey. I think. I'm think. i from New Jersey. Ju- I'm a Jersey girl. If you're a Jersey girl. I wouldn't know from the voice. I would say.
1: No, but I've yes, I've made some money playing that voice. <laughs>
0: Most people work hard at you actually I can, on I it. I can
1: put it on you can, you if I need to. We had those in high school who had it and those who didn't. My mother's from Chicago, so I didn't right. have
0: it. Yeah. Yeah, a friend of mine is from Long Island. Mm. She was the only girl in a family of six. And her mother, every day, on return from high school, would inspect her balance. Oh. So she doesn't have it.
1: Oh. Do it. Yeah.
0: So, <laughs> what kind of money have you made in life? Josie doing uh, I mean, this. Wonderful. Of money, no, yeah. kinds of roles.
1: Uh, one wonderful role I played was um, with Sandy Bullock. Sandra Bullock. In in uh many of my dreams. Is she oh excellent? <laughs> oh yeah. She's a lovely girl. Yeah, she. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure she is. sorry. <laughs> I never read it. Sandy, I'm, tell- I'm telling I'm telling <laughs> Alright, um, she and it was a series called Working Girl, and it was Staten Island, which is close enough to close Jersey, enough. do you know? Um, and I played the Joan Cusack role, the big-haired girl from Jersey, or, you know, from Staten Island, which was just fantastic. And Sandy was my best friend also, a, Jer- a you know, <laughs> New Yorker. Um, and we had a lot of fun. It was a, a great a, show. It was a great show.
0: But I, I mean, you've got the makings of big hair. Like, yeah. They take the manuscript, they've to be some things
1: done joke to, to truly make it bit. Just brush it. Just <laughs> has to be brushed. <laughs> it's, it's wavy. Yeah, line. controlled but terribly, it isn't it? Huge. Yes. I mean, foreigner
0: foreign here. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I want to know what uh, that. Huge. I love it. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. Blonde, I want except. you to know. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's funny because I think your figure is being
0: about women, but really it's
1: about It's men. about men. You should have seen my brothers. Really, they fabulous froze, you know? The black one and a my color one, yeah. light brown. Yeah. Do any of them have? Michael
0: Bolton issue, the, the recession hitting early. Oh,
1: yes, both of them! They keep their think? hair terribly short now, almost shaved. Right, what did you do when you got What happened to Michael Bolton Yeah, that was, I, he, he had, had, to, had to, to go, go, go away. It was going he had to going He had to, He had to dismiss himself. Yeah. It, <laughs> excuse <laughs> me, miss me, I
0: leave the room. That's the end of my career. Really. Oh. such a pity, such wonderful music. <laughs> No, the other day I had a moment of absolute horror oh no. horror when I found myself listening to Foreigner on iTunes. So great, And, yeah. then, and then going to YouTube and watching them, you know.
1: I'm going. I'm going after I leave here. I, leave here. <laughs> I was occasionally
0: engaged in, mad, by the way, I can stop talking about myself in a moment because he's almost finished. In mad, <laughs> voyages to find another great band, and I know. self-discovery. I would go men's groups in the 80s, and they would always have a reverential, almost originate, of playing foreign at the end. (laughs) I won't know what love is. And then there was a Joe Jackson song about masculinity. Oh, yeah. How did that one go? It might have been Don't You Know It's Different For Girls. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which I thought was great. There was another one. I forget. Anyway, these things were reverential. You had to love them. And as it happened, I did. But all the other guys who were then in their 40s did not like this kind of music. <laughs> they, and they, they were not men who were comfortable sitting in silence. Anyway, we've come to the end of that exciting uh, interlude because <laughs> Judy's managed to finish off the breakfast. Including Toby's fruit, yes. So that was an area where big hair
1: and, and Jersey accents Took you into primetime. Fabulous. Yes, served me well. <laughs> served me well. Another wonderful little show. Um, Jackie Mason had a show called uh, uh, where he was matched as the um, as the boyfriend of Lynn Redgrave. Can you imagine such a match? It, it, it only lasted. Um, about one year I I think. Chicken soup it was called Yeah, And I got to have a big accent there too. But also
0: Jackie Mason was I don't know whether it was true at that time, but he became very controversial. Oh my
1: goodness, he Uh, was he did say things when I arrived in the US I found
0: very troubling. I I didn't really find
1: funny. No, he wasn't funny. On the set he was really excuse me, not funny at all. He said something like uh, a young African-American fellow walked in the room and he said, Who's the Schwarzen? You know, see? So this type of unacceptable, not okay, not okay. So, yeah, it was a very interesting man. I I thought that he would quickly dig a a, a grave for himself. (laughs) Well, it's interesting. That
0: breed of person, I mean... We don't hear of him anymore so much. Andrew Dice Clay, yeah. a, a very different kind of comic, but also somebody traded on bigotry. Yeah. In my view.
1: Yeah.
0: We don't really see that much either. And these people, we think that we're stuck with the, the likes of Limbaugh and whatnot for life, but some of these people actually do go.
1: Thank you very As much. No.
0: And off they. Travel. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. But I didn't know that show, but that's another one, another one, So having triumphed with big hair and all that I know you've been in other kinds of roles. More serious <laughs> managed to be not the Joycey boy Yeah,
1: you know what? Apparently I'm um you get to yeah, ask at I all? I was quite quite often I was always the uh, second fiddle and uh, funny I could... right, like like
0: Lucille Ball's best friend Yeah, yeah. Ethel yes
1: yeah. 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 I was Ethel I was <laughs> just a little <laughs> the scrawny Ethel yes cute <laughs> about Thank <Yes>. you <laughs> <You're> <laughs> very, very kind yeah. <laughs> yeah so I got yeah I did a lot of that and then um, you know what toby at a certain point I felt like a wind-up sort of uh, Toy, and I would be standing in front of a network and landing jokes and landing jokes and thinking I was becoming quite a dismal actor. Uh, so I packed up my car and moved back to New York and from, from Los Angeles. From here, right? yeah.
0: So and what year are we talking about roughly?
1: Uh, that must have been about uh, m- mid '90s. Mid '90s,
0: and by landing jokes. Yeah, I actually, I actually don't know what that means. I'm yeah, there's me a certain time.
1: Yeah. So. yeah, there's a certain timing required in sitcom, where you know the jokes are written. If they're funny, they're funny if they're not you need to land them <laughs> and uh oh, i see where well, you're
0: compensating for a problem with the script exactly I get and sorry,
1: you sort I, of I, need to land the joke and if right. the if the suits don't laugh or if the network doesn't laugh it will be cut the next day do you know what i mean you'll lose a line do you know what i mean so yeah. Sure, yeah. it's a business and um i didn't think that i was you know i started off in shakespeare studying with this Fabulous man, Morris Karnovsky of the Group Theater um, in New York City. Wow. Yeah, and he taught me everything he knew, and he's well, the, the Group
0: Theater. For those who don't know, is historically one of the most important theatrical groups in the United States in the English language, and was associated with my kind of politics. That's right. The time many of the people involved in it were blacklisted. Yes, Morris by included.
1: Really? By Ilya Kazan. Yeah. By Ilya Kazan. Yes. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you my Ilya
0: Kazan story after we've finished recording. Okay. It's not, a, it's not a personal, well it's personal but not involving him as it were. Oh, now I'm interested. In, it, in any okay. event, yes. Uh, very, John very, Houseman.
1: Very, yeah. Very, very,
0: very important theater for all kinds of uh, collaborative projects, innovative uses of Marxism, social conscience justice, all this stuff. So, what kinds of Shakespearean roles were you playing
1: when okay. you were there? Um, uh, he was such a passionate man, and he gave me the love of verse. You know, he he inst- he loved poetry. He loved. He made us. me read poetry all the time. He was just uh, amazing. I played, you know, Helena, *Midsummer Night's Dream*. Um, that was a, a wonderful role. I I played uh, Juliet. Um, I played Millamant in *Way of the World*. You know, I just played these wonderful roles. Hermione is a huge favorite of mine in *A Winter's Tale*. Yeah. Such. D- Thank you. I'm fine. Sure. fine. Thank you. That was delicious. Yes, really Thank, nice. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, uh, Hermione is such a um, yes. Is is so misunderstood in, in her in that script in that, well, that script.
0: play. Uh, um, is I think one of the lost ones, and it's so many, it's not so often performed, not so often talked about.
1: Yeah. It's the last one. Yeah. It's one of the, la- the last. Yes. Along yes. with the Tempest. Yes. 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 Thing, yes. So you know, Miranda, of course. Yeah. Yeah which i've also played yeah it's not mysterious. it is and it has that bit of magic where people freeze <laughs> suddenly they're frozen yes um anyway he he was such a delight and such a passionate man he had such um passion about the work the way to approach the work um he's a method actor that the only thing you have to offer is yourself you can come from yourself that's what you're not Juliet who are you you're not Juliet you're Judy and Juliet's situation do you know so play Ju- Judy and Juliet situation so fascinating man and so all of a sudden I, I just packed up my car I drove back to New York I worked three jobs I sold clothes I was a hostess in a restaurant and I worked for traders as a it's like copying things, and it was miserable on they Wall Street. Know. I, know. I know. And at night, I would uh, work developing new plays in this incredible theater called The New Group um, begun by Scott uh, Elliott, who was a genius. I walked in there. He's, he said, what do you have for me? What can you show me? And um, I had a piece on Janis Joplin that I had auditioned for, where it's Janis Joplin, the poet, before the you know the music letters she'd written back home. And I just did that, and he's like, "You're in." He said, "Let's let's get to work." He said, "Why did you leave Hollywood? That was crazy. You were doing well." I said, "I don't know. I can't can't do that right now." He said, "I think it was a mistake, but okay." So I worked there, um, doing new plays. Um, for a long time. Then I uh, sort of got tired of not having health insurance and and <laughs> my four hundred and fifty dollar apartment and just being really poor and I I went back. And I since then I that's the transition I think Toby is talking about. You are talking about Toby is I went into our drama.
0: Yes. It's not all comedy.
1: No, I do I do mostly um, yes, heavy duty drama, which is really fun. Can you, do you
0: mind missing some of the titles?
1: Sure. Um, right now, uh, I, lately I've been playing on True Blood, um, a character uh, who runs the bar, Sam. I'm um, his uh, mother who adopted him, and he... Uh, I, apparently I'm terribly religious and don't accept that he turned into a wolf, a, a, a dog. He changed into a dog before my eyes, and, and I packed up the house and left him. So that wasn't terribly kind, and then
0: he... Those who c- don't know, this is a really very clever show.
1: Another man who I am so I- I- in love with, this man, Alan Ball. An extraordinary yeah, yeah, yeah. great vision. Yeah, just an extraordinary man. And he's the kind of person where, for me, I walk in a room and he gets me. I'm like, what's wrong with you? How could you possibly understand me? Like, and he put me also in his show, uh, Six Feet Under. Um, so I performed on there. And I've been doing um, uh, other shows. What's that one with Patrick Dempsey? Um, goodness, which is a brazen anatomy, you know, these kind of hospital shows with dying children. You know, you
0: know, I'm sorry, it's not funny she's, what, what she's telling us For those outside the United States Is that two of these are very, very, very High quality drama yes, on, thank, you. thank you very much
1: Have a great day. Thank you. On Bye.
0: premium cable or satellite television uh, Which is the, my, From my perspective The golden age of US television drama We're in it now oh, It's paid nice for by hear. black and brown men Who pay to watch ultimate fighting and boxing On Showtime and HBO And Showtime and HBO are
1: institutions that own boxing
0: but nevertheless what that means is that we get to see and that's not the only way they make money obviously the most exciting TV drama in my life better than the best of the BBC that I used to watch, given that so many episodes are created, so many of these shows are great. But she's also on a high rating network television drama, which means Grey's Anatomy, something that is on one of the, in a sense, old SAR broadcast networks, so it's free, you don't pay to subscribe to the channel. Uh, And the ratings are higher, Uh, so that's the distinction. But what that means is that you have you're doing things that I'm sure
1: feed your sense of art. That's it. That's it. I just, I decided that I, I needed to do roles that I care about and that um, help me, um, yeah, uh, become, that interest me and help me to learn new things. I like to learn Improvisation and comedy fit in all this? That's just, just you were a doing blast. Early on? Yeah, I, you know, I started out, I could, you know, in high school, goodness gracious, or in grade school, they'd give me. You know, the, the, the one-line part, I don't know, in uh, Hello, Dolly, walking across the stage, an old woman, you know, saying hello-oh, uh, you know, with a big New York accent, making the whole audience laugh. It's something I could do, and I love to do, and improvisational comedy was a real stretch for me. I loved it because it made me think quickly. I I didn't believe I had the capacity to think quickly as a child. I didn't really believe that I was terribly quick. So it, it's in the same way that I took up the banjo, I play the banjo, and um, I wanted to prove to myself that I could sort of keep my brain going, and be quick, and maybe maybe because of my mother this is why, I don't know, somehow. Well, I
0: wanted to ask you, because to me this brings us around an interesting circular motion, uh, brain intelligence knowledge, one of the first things you said about your mother, and I think was devastating from the beginning of this transformation. Was that she was so smart and so on? Yeah. And You, in a sense, just told us that you were slightly dubious about your own Always. intellect.
1: Always. Always. You know what? There's a poem. Can I read you this? Yes, there is this poem. It's such
0: um, a ham, this is.
1: Can you believe it? I have to tell you, this I mean, is how of, I feel a about a my. Hand.
0: Hand. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is about me and my mom. It's called Measuring Up. A silhouette not as tall, not as stately, of slighter frame. A temperament not as sharp, not as Irish, of subtler nature. A wit not as quick, not as wicked, of hesitant word. A pride not as glowing, nor righteous, of humbler grain. A loss, no less poignant, nor devastating, of gargantuan proportion. I think because my mother was so witty and so funny, and my grandmother was a piece of work, oh my god, she was... Something, you know, these that I always felt, yes, I should be quiet. <laughs> yeah. You didn't quite match it with them. Yeah. Then you decided, in a sense, to learn how to do that. I think I saw the Yeah, and trying to trust that it's there, that I don't need to allow my nervousness or uh, stress in a situation to stop that ability. Do you know? Again, we're, we're almost
0: finished. I wanted to ask you one more question, if yes. I could, which was
1: do you see your art
0: as an actor and your art as a poet and your art as a mother, and partner and teacher on a continuum or are they quite separate in terms of the skills they require and the orientations?
1: I think they're all one. They're all one? I think they're all one in a, in a way. They're all my uh, uh, attempt to express myself in the best way that I can. And I think self-expression is probably the most important thing to me because self-expression means survival. And uh, that's how I've survived.
0: That's wonderful. Thank you so much, Judy Prescott. This book, Searching for CC Reflections on Alzheimer's, which has her poetry, and I'll be reading it on the bus home (laughs) after brunch great pleasure and the artwork of many of her family members is available from i guess your website has links yes and it's blog.
1: in every yes in many countries it's now countries. yes and amazon anywhere pretty much yeah, Fantastic. yeah. So, or night. barnes and noble perhaps uh, i don't know yeah. I also urge people. You can buy it from my website, a signed copy if you'd like. Oh, really? Yes. Well,
0: that's, that's great news. Yes. That's always good. Buy from the site itself. That's the source. And you can also see quite a lot of her acting on that site.
1: Yeah. And wonderful resources also. And I wanted to mention, Toby, a portion of the proceeds from the book go to the Alzheimer's Association. So one dollar of every book I sell goes to them.
0: That's fantastic. And the poems are very moving, as we've already heard today. So thanks, Julia. I wanted to extract one promise from you, which is that next time you and Sandy, as I'm now calling her, are in a situation of comedy just at some particular moment, you say very quickly, almost under your breath, so she alone can hear, Toby Miller. Okay?
1: Toby Miller loves you. Oh, Toby like Miller. Oh, no, just just Toby Miller. Just the name, that's enough. I, will I promise. It stay in her consciousness. It will. It'll be part of her being.
0: Now, thank you so much. Thank this you. This has been a very special occasion. You shared so much of yourself. And uh, as I say, these poems are a marvelous way of giving many of us who are facing these issues in our own families or friends strength
1: and it's... Own. Thank you Toby. Thank you for the Omer oh, you <laughs>